Welcome to the Human Performance Podcast. Here we talk about everything to do with human performance and how leaders and organizations can get the best out of themselves and their people. I'm your host, Alex Young. Hey, James, welcome to the podcast. Great to speak with you today. How are you doing? Alex, yeah, I'm super flattered to be here, to be honest, but looking forward to it. We've got some exciting stuff to talk about. Um, Yeah, I can't wait for it. It's going to be fantastic. I was saying just before we pressed record that I love whenever we have people with a sports background on, and I also love whenever we talk about mental health, well-being and performance. So you may well be the perfect guest, but no pressure at all. Uh, And it also doesn't uh, it's, it's, it helps hugely that uh, I'm based in Bristol. I'm a huge rugby fan and, and your background is down in Exeter, just outside of Bristol. Um, for anyone listening from the US or anyone else in the world, that's uh, around about an hour and a half outside uh, of London on the train and is the slightly more relaxing, chilled, cider-heavy portion of the United <laughs> Kingdom uh, with a big focus on rugby, uh, which is, is James's background. So um, without me spoiling things for everyone listening, uh, James, it'd be great to hand over to you just to introduce yourself and your amazing background. Alex, that's uh, say that's better than the intro I got at my wedding. I think so. <laughs> hugely, appre- <laughs> hugely appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, super super lucky. We live in one of the best parts of the country, if not the world, um, and I absolutely love it. I've spent the last nine years with the Exeter Chiefs, who have been incredibly successful over the past decade, and I've been very fortunate and feel very privileged to have been part of that journey. I was one of the lead sort of physical performance coaches, if you like. We call them strength and conditioning coaches there. And we've had oh, experiences, memories, and more importantly, people that I will remember for a lifetime, which is what life's all about, creating memories and having things that you can talk about and tell stories about. Um, we've been lucky enough, or not lucky enough, actually, I always tell people off when they say luck, it's not luck, it's fortune, the meeting of hard work and opportunity to win, say we've won the Premiership, the European Cup, we've got, uh, say, LV Cups, we've had a whole host of people go represent their country, the British and Irish Lions, which is the the ultimate prize in rugby union, if you like, in terms of representative honours. Um, and with all of that comes this heavy thread that we'll talk about, which is personal development and how that stands, be that physically and mentally. And in, in my book, they're inextricably linked. They are one of the same. Um, but how do we get people to understand how important the mind is in influencing all of our decisions, behaviors, habits, and allowing them to be able to explore themselves? Uh, so yeah, super interesting. I've, uh, on, on that side of things, prior to that, I tried my hand at playing. But I took I took eight years playing to figure out that I wasn't quite good enough to be really good. So I very quickly went and turned <laughs> turned my hand to trying to help people be their best. And then yeah, I very recently moved from or following in your steps essentially into entrepreneurship and start in the startup world. We're launching um, a health, well-being, and personal development app for corporates and businesses to help them get the best out of their people. Um, and I'm sure we'll cover all of these in more and more detail over the course of the next, however long we, we end up chatting for. Absolutely. I, I think a great place that I love starting off with anyone who's got a sports background. And I think you, you've been pretty modest there because you, you've played for people like Saracens, Gloucester, you know, some, some really good, <laughs> good rugby sides and, and then went on as you, uh, you know, very humbly said to do performance coaching for th- through a period of time at Chiefs, which was, Certainly from as long as I've been watching rugby, one of the most amazing periods for any kind of rugby team at all, actually, um, which again, we'll touch on in a second. But going, you know, way, way back to uh, James, when you were sort of at school or, or kind of growing up, what was it about sort of sports that really sort of inspired you to, to go in that direction? It's, it's quite interesting. And in there's, there's a story here which links up not only to my sporting background, but, but to where I am now. And uh, I went to a very rugby heavy school. My brother and I both did. And there's a little bit of, let's say, so there's a not so nice bit to the story. Whereas the school could not have been a better environment for me in terms of 
I don't know why, but let's say everything fitted and the rugby was fantastic and they had some great links. And that's how I got, ended up being in the Saracens um, youth squad and then progressing through. But And that school was close to where I'm now. But my brother also went to the same school and it probably couldn't have been a worse place for him. Uh, and he's where my the mental health part of my, my journey has been uh, very well coloured and given... Make, makes me realize how important these resources are for people and it's it is unbelievable how two people same family same upbringing essentially the main difference being our age say there was such a massive massive difference between it was almost like a diametrically opposed uh journey that we had through the school so that's where my journey started and sorry to have say tainted a little bit but it's impacted me from that day forward to now going on to a into a position where I want to try and make sure that people who don't have access to the appropriate resources can maybe remove friction to getting to help. But back onto the to the rugby highway, yeah, it was amazing time, incredible teachers, fantastic environment. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just, I took to it really and I ne- never looked back. I love people and I love being in a community, I suppose. Um, and all of those things really appealed to me. And I, I was at the right place for it. That's that's for sure. And I mean, we'll dive into the mental health aspects and mindset aspects in a second. But I just, you know, guess uh, I guess for our international audience and especially anyone in the states who obviously football is is NFL to them and and rugby <laughs> similar ball shape but very different sport. Uh, your original position was hooker. Um, what you know? What about rugby in particular? Sort of was the appeal for you? Yeah, um, it was. Say a big part of it was team. So teamwork, I love, and they say what seeing what I could achieve, optimizing my potential, seeing what I was capable of. I was very early on told that um, I wasn't big enough. I've I've never been particularly. Uh, I was always small for my position. Hookers in the front row, sandwiched between two large loaves of bread, and you're often the ham in the sandwich. Um, and that, I guess, was a bit of a red rag to a bull. I've been, so I'm hugely ambitious and I always wanted to see what was possible. And, and with that came, I say, eight years of seeing what I could do with myself to not prove people wrong, but just see how much I could get out of myself and what was possible. And I think there's a huge area there where that, that personal development, if you can get that right and what you can achieve through fantastic environment appropriate resources like it's amazing what people can achieve right it's incredible what people can do and what the human body's capable of um and i just wanted to see how far i could go and what i could do uh and uh, yeah <laughs> everyone wants to do better like i say you see what all the people around you are doing but when you when i reflect back, back on it i i feel in, like yeah i had an amazing ride I, I got to do some things that money can't buy i got to play in front of big crowds with like in important games um, and you just can't replicate that. It doesn't matter if you win the lottery or not. Some people never be able to do that. So it was, yeah, it was, it was incredible. And I've got great friends from along the, along the way that I'm still in touch with, which is the greatest gift, I think. Amazing. Well, one thing actually, when I was researching you that I, I didn't um, know uh, originally until I dug a bit deeper was you actually came out of retirement, I believe. Is, is that correct at one point? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> The worst thing about this story is so the the club that I was working for needed somebody in my position, um, and I was like, yeah, I've, I've, so I hadn't been retired for too long. I say like eight months or so. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come back. I'll help out. And I threw the pass that got intercepted that meant we lost the game eight seven. So <laughs> all in all, <laughs> all in all, not that successful. But <laughs> I, I I very quickly uh, say went back to counting in reps and sets. That's for sure. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> not that it's stuck in my mind. Not, not quite the Rocky or Rambo coming back out of retirement story. We came for. No, far, far, far from it. The opposite <laughs> end of the spectrum. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, obviously, I talk about uh, human performance and and coaching, and we've had people like uh, Greg White come on the podcast previously, who've who've coached everyone with sort of celebrities uh, doing their, their sort of sports relief and comic relief challenges. In terms of you know your own interpretation and, and why you perform, uh, why you sort of perfu- uh, uh, pursued performance coaching in uh, rugby and, and for Exeter, wh- what is it that you sort of do just in practical terms for anyone listening, and, and how did you sort of get into that role? 
Yeah, the, interestingly, the, it started out being told that I was going to, they weren't going to keep me in the, at the, say, the club that I was going to, but they really wanted me to stay around. And there was a coaching position open. Would they be interested? Would I be interested? And I, I had a good, long, hard look at it and hung my ego up to one side and said, right, what's, what's going to happen long term? What are you actually achieving here other than trying to continue down a path that, you know, when you knock at something long enough and it's not opening, you've got to figure out why. And so I thought, well, let's see if I can utilize my skill set. It was great that they wanted to keep me there. They obviously thought that I had something which could add to the environment. Um, and as I said, I've always been hugely interested in the, the physical preparation side of sport, say from a young age. And as I had to be, because to be able to get the best out of myself, I had to work really hard because I wasn't hugely best or big. So that, so that I always made sure that was a, a primary concern of mine. And uh, that then led me to think, well, maybe if the next chapter of my life is ready to start, maybe this is a great way to be able to go about it. And yeah, I went back to university age 27, did my undergrad and my master's um, alongside coaching and to, did everything I could to, try and make the most of it and like it's been hugely rewarding there's you've almost got like a what's the right word say so you're looking after people to, to get the best out of them and really help steer them it's almost like a pastoral role effectively it's not just about sets and reps and it goes far deeper and the longer you coach the more you realize it's about the relationships and the understanding of an individual psychology and what moves, drives, and forms their their passion, drivers, and purpose, as opposed to the science, which is important. And but everyone knows the science; like it's there for everyone to see. The difference is being able to steer those individuals, and it's yeah, I've I've absolutely loved it. And helping people fulfil their dreams is yeah, huge. No, it's absolutely amazing. And um, as we've touched on, Chiefs went through such a transition everything from you know the actual business behind the scenes where they were you know one of the most sustainable certainly premiership clubs if not you know global rugby clubs um where they could bring in players they had like good gate receipts um they, they weren't hugely in debt as a lot of other sort of sports teams tend to be particularly in in rugby um how, how was that you know for you seeing that kind of transition and, and seeing some of these you know during your sort of your time there seeing these players transition into really elite world-class trophy winners really on on a you know from a day-to-day basis yeah uh fantastic question and fantastic place huge credit to the leaders that they've got in place there tony Rowe from a business side of things and rob baxter who's probably the most emotionally perceptual people i've ever met he's got a an incredible eq um and that is one of his many strengths and then they've managed to bring fantastic people in. But the interesting thing and the area that I've probably taken most from is the understanding that every single year it's about getting better and understanding that change is a positive, that change and failure are necessary to create success, that you have to learn from what's gone before, why it hasn't worked. And that's everything from, um, establishing appropriate personalities within the group so that they can synchronize and work properly, making sure that the environment's set up to be able to harness those individuals, making sure that the, like essentially your hierarchy or needs are well supported from about base foundational level of emotional all the way through to physical and everything in between that uh, will help with that on a, on the field, making sure that the group are, synchronized but regularly and making sure that they do enjoy each other's company and i think the last 19 months have showed us hugely how important human connection is not that i ever doubted it having worked in a rugby environment you see it uh, in the extremes but it's unbelievable how much of a difference that makes and being able to understand when when and where is appropriate and how to get the them to work hard together play hard together enjoy each other's company but have a a construct that is set around values um, means that that growth is organic to a certain extent, but it's it's driven by those top guys so implicitly all the time that say those those values and character traits are the things that they hang their hat on, and 
with that, you get unbelievable results over time. Um, it's not about the best people. It's about the best group of people. Uh, and I think that's really important. And for, for you as a, as a performance coach, when you're working with, with players, I mean, the, the way that I think about it, you know, for sports people, it is very similar to someone who's an executive or the CEO of a company is that you've got to be looking after yourself in a number of different kind of domains or disciplines, whether that's your nutrition, whether it's your sleep, whether it's, you know, your technical skills training and doing, doing the sets and reps, um, you know, wh- whether it's your mental health. And, and making sure that almost all those different buckets are sort of being filled and looked after and you've got appropriate kind of support around that. Now, I know for sports teams, often you've got, you know, big set nutrition teams. You've got people who uh, look after the players sort of off the field and things like that. How, how on sort of like a practical day to day level did that work for, for something like, a, you know, a, a rugby team, which, as you say, there's a big squad there. There's lots of people from, from different backgrounds. How, how did your sort of role fit in around all that? Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll give, if I give you a quick breakdown, sort of ish in numbers, I think my last year there, the squad is about 63 players. So there's quite a few guys involved and that's everything from you've got 18 year olds up to 35, 36 year olds. We've got, we had a team of six physiotherapists, um, four strength and conditioning coaches, a couple of interns, uh, probably six rugby coaches, three analysts, um, you know, so it's it's a big setup. It's up around 100 people you're looking at to make sure that that organization's operational day-to-day. Um, on a weekly basis, the guys would be in up for a Saturday game. They'd be off Sunday. And then in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. And the big days would sort of, the week would build to a crescendo on the Wednesday. They would lift a couple of times a week if they're playing, but more if not. Um, we'd... we'd all sessions were monitored. So gym sessions were monitored by load and exercise type. Um, so making sure that the guys had the appropriate eccentric load on their hamstrings in the gym so that when they're running, that's making sure they run fast enough, depending on their position. Each player wears a GPS unit for every session in a heart rate belt. Uh, all of their internal and external load parameters are monitored um, and matched against their own personal database over the last 12 months. Uh, and then from that, you're also then, you've got eyes on. So the, the best coaching tool you've got are the, say, are our eyes without doubt, seeing how people are speaking to people. Are they, walk, say, are they looking them bubbly, are they looking their bubbly selves? And then you bring all those pieces of information together at the end of each day, review every player, have a chat about it and hope that you're going to make some good decisions. And those decisions could be around, as you say, it could be around nutrition. It could be around body weight. It could be around, um, say internal load, it could be external load, it could be the statistics that they've uh, got in the game. So what they've put together, what's the, what were their outputs in the game? Do they make a lot more tackles than usual? Have they had a long run of games? Does that need to offset their training? So there's all these moving parts and that's the physical side of things. You've then got a layer on top of the cake. You've got to go, right, that's the physical. What's the emotional state of the squad at the moment are has somebody been dropped have they been picked for the first time is it their first bench game have they been on the bench for eight weeks not got on um how have we lost have we won are we on a good run are we on a bad run do we need to does training intensity with the coaches does that need to be nudged up because we're not quite performing on the weekend or there's a specific contact area that we need to address so there's a whole I say a whole scope of areas that you're constantly tweaking, changing, talking about, modifying, and I guess juggling to ensure that you are doing the best job you can to affect the performance and keeping the game at the forefront of your minds. Like, how are we going to get to the game, not just physically, but emotionally, absolutely on point? And it's and it doesn't happen every week. You get it wrong, um, but that's what you're trying to achieve week in, week out. And it's it's really interesting hearing you talk about, you know, some of the data points that you use. And obviously there are some things like people's, you know, how they're loading their their hamstrings and things like that, or, uh, you know, their their cardio or, you know, pulling off like Fitbit data or or like actual quantitative data from, from, you know, devices and things like that. But then you you mentioned you've also got this kind of just almost using your emotional intelligence and looking at how people's mood is and things like that. How how did you find sort of like blending those different sort of types of data to sort of put that holistic picture together of, of the players? 
I think it's um, well. The great thing is, there's it's not just one person. As I say, there's a there's a big old team of people doing it, and it's not it's not easy. But it comes through relationships. It comes through knowing people. It comes through understanding whether or not they've got, um, say, personal issues going on at home. Whether they've got injury issues. Whether they've got um, stress around some additional university work they've got, and it's just building that intuitive picture of people the, the more time you spend with them. So when I initially went there, I would hope to think that I was a lot better when I left than when I arrived and make, making sure that the, you don't take people, say people's word for granted and building that trust is huge. Like the more senior guys trusting when they say to you, listen, I've got nothing today. And knowing that if he's an honest guy, then you've just got to listen to him. You've got to trust him, and because the, nobody knows themselves better, like nobody knows you better than you, right? That's without doubt one of the key one of the key decision makers or key stakeholders in every conversation has got to be the individual. We've got um, there was one guy there who is the hardest bloke I know, and if he if he tells me he he almost ran his training program. Um, the guy called Luke Kandicki, unbelievable competitor, unbelievable rugby player, one of the best I've seen, and. If he said, no, nah, not doing that today, you know he wasn't going to do it. And there's no point trying to fight him because he knew what's best for him. And if you engender people with that trust, you'll generally get back uh, the rewards when you need them. Re- re- really, really interesting. I mean, I, th- I think um, I mean, one of the things from my background, uh, which obviously was, was orthopedic surgery, so we saw lots of sports people who would come in uh, they would have an injury, they'd get it fixed, they'd go through rehabilitation, but they wouldn't be back playing for a long period of time. And, and that obviously not only had the physical side effects, but also the psychological side effects. And as you alluded to, we've had this crazy period over the last sort of 18 to 24 months where in-person sports has stopped for, for, for certain sports and, uh, you know, sporting events. Uh, you've then had players coming back and playing in front of no crowds, which, which again is just a very, very different environment to what people are used to. In, in terms of that kind of mental and, and mindset element of things, how did you sort of approach that? And, and particularly with some of the players in rugby where obviously it's, it's you know, a real sort of you know, big man's game and, and often men in particular don't want to share any mental health problems with, with others, especially in a sort of work context if you're in a sports team. How, how did you sort of address all, all those mental and mindset sides of things? A really interesting question and hugely pertinent after, as you say, the, the past, I think it's 19 and a half months ago, isn't it, now that we first went into lockdown. And we had a period where by we had the 13-week period where guys trained themselves um, in, in their own time, in their own, say, in their own means, and we helped support them remotely with that. But the longer it went, the harder that became. We then went back to... Um, socially distance training which was at first it was nice because people got to see each other at least and there was there wasn't complete it was it wasn't completely normal but it was at least a step towards it and then that went on for a, a huge amount of times what 15 16 months and so we actually won the premier we won the double the premiership and european double in front of nobody essentially it was really it was bittersweet in in some regards because that will be that will always now forever be my greatest rugby achievement. Um, but not being able to share that with loved ones was strange, and it did. Oh yeah, say for me, it, it did take away from it a little bit. Um, I, I say I'll always still be fortunate enough to be involved in those occasions and remember them. But I know for some of the guys, the motivation their motivation to play was affected by the fact that one of the great drivers was creating experiences for people, other people to come and share, which is like what match day is. And it made it really difficult to be able to ensure that their, uh, their mindset was at, as it normally was, you know, imagine normally you're used to running out in front of 20,000 people screaming fans going mental. And there's none of that momentum there. The home, let's say the results showed that the, the home advantage wasn't as significant. Um, yeah, so it was it was complex everywhere from on the field to off the field for people who who lived in South Africa or who were from South Africa and Australia and not being able to see family and had to come in and grind in day in and day out and make no bones about it. They understand 
like they're still people and they yes they're doing a, a good job but they they're not going to see the people that they love that was really tough really tough and it, it hit different people in a different way um and made some people question was this actually the the right space for them but um having heard back since mo- having moved on myself it definitely uh, the crowds have certainly added a huge amount to the environment and the drivers that people have had, which is great to hear. Um, but yeah, let's not hope we don't have to go through that again. That's for sure. No, absolutely. And um, I, I mean, even, you know, even before the, the pandemic um, happened, if you're looking after, you know, very, very high performing, high level uh, elite winners um, in, in the most cases, how, how does your role fit into actually like preparing people mentally for games i mean you know we, we hear about things like visualizing success and you know thinking about having that sort of winning mentality but what, what does that mean kind of in practical terms if you're prepping someone for a, a really big important game like a cup final yeah um really interesting dynamic so the our job essentially is to make sure that these guys are absolutely pinpoint tip top as sharp as they can be physically across the board. Now, obviously with that comes the mental, but a lot of what we do has to be synchronized with the on-field staff because they set the tone in terms of the probably the emotional gauge of where we are, who we're playing. Uh, do we need to be fired up, turned down? Uh, is it a massive game and guys could be overstimulated? Or is this a... Uh, say a bunch of guys are a little bit flat and we need to find a way to get their tails up. So all of those messages would have to make sure, say would have to be aligned between the whole coaching department and then on an individual basis, making sure that you targeted guys, you know, some guys need some additional support, a tap on the bummer, or yeah, let's go lift something heavy this week. Let's go and make sure that you literally feel like you can rip up trees. I'm going to, I say, I'm going to tell you the biggest, strongest person I've ever seen. And I'm going to make you believe it because if you believe it, then the world's your oyster. Um, and empowering people as much as possible. There's a huge, huge drive around a sort of growth stroke, positive mindset, growth in the classic and positive in the narrative sense, uh, mindset opportunities to be able to instill with people. And it's amazing how much of an impact that has, even with these guys who are at such an elite level, it has a massive impact. And you would not believe the size of some of the guys that are absolutely shaking in their boots in the lead up to games or before they even cross the white line. And then the whistle goes and they are like absolute hippopotamuses, rhinoceroses on the field. And you wonder how on earth they ever have any anxiety, stress or discomfort about any of these occasions. It's unbelievable, like literally unbelievable. So, excuse me, incredibly interesting dynamic because it's, you could have the smallest guy who's like a Rottweiler and you wouldn't even expect him to be put together that way. And conversely, the biggest, strongest bloke, you know, might be worried about say something completely insignificant that might, might not even have happened. So yeah, they are just humans and they've, they've got the same worries, angst, stresses that we all do. They, they all fall out with their partners, come to work stressed. They all um, eat the wrong stuff, feel bad about it. They, some of them have, um, say these issues about say worries about playing they have dips in form like we all do at work so it's just they happen to be incredibly good at rugby and you know for for you personally I mean it, it sounds like an incredibly exciting time what what were sort of the things that, that you sort of took from that that period um but before you decided to to leave and transition to what you're doing now what, what were some of you know your big takeaways and your big sort of favorite moments i know you touched on the uh you know the sort of the double and, and things like that and, and winning all these amazing trophies uh it's pretty it's pretty easy for me it's just the people i've met without doubt is so head and shoulders above anything anything else uh because they're the ones who still give me fulfillment and i've got great relationships with now and they're friends now and they're the ones that help support me and vice versa so yeah, it tends to be, I, I sort of say you probably keep in touch with two or three people from every club that you've been to. And that sort of tends to have been the rule of thumb for me as it's gone. Um, my best mate still works in rugby. Um, yeah, that without you, so you can't beat that, right? It doesn't matter who you are. People mean the most generally. 
No, that, that's amazing. And, and obviously you, uh, you know, despite all that sort of success, you, you made a, a really interesting decision to then change, change up kind of completely what you were doing into um, really being a sort of technology entrepreneur and, and sort of helping people in the corporate sector, um, you know, with, with some of the things you'd learned during um, that time at Exeter Chief. So, so what, what was sort of some of the impetus behind that? And, and, and what was the thing that was sort of spurring you on in terms of that decision? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if my wife will agree, but uh, <laughs> um, so essentially, I'd been I've been with the Chiefs for nine years. I they've they've got an incredibly stable coaching environment there. I wasn't able to progress because they've got fantastic people in um, in and around that weren't going to be moving anytime soon, and rightly so. Um, and I thought that I've got to I've got to live by what I preach, and I'm all about growth development and challenging yourself and I didn't feel as though I was able to challenge myself in a way that means I could grow and optimize my potential um I hope I'm right I'm I'm going to go out there and do absolutely everything I can to put my best foot forward and do something that will say hopefully help a lot of people in the world reach their full potential or remove friction for them to get to amazing resources that will help them be a little bit better uh, yeah, so I, I had a year left on my contract, and I thought with the with the current climate, there's no better time to go out there and see what I can do. And I could, without doubt, I, I haven't felt this fulfilled in ages. I think there's like a difference between fulfillment, fulfillment, and happiness, right? Um, I, I went out, I raised a little bit of capital, and I, I said, put my best foot forward. And so far, so good. I've got a long way to go, uh, but I can't wait for it, and I can't wait to say start turning over some unbelievable rocks for people and making them understand how amazing they can be well i mean you know j- just congratulations again on, on making that you know big life decision i mean it's not not too dissimilar to, from what i had to do when i was um sk- uh, you know starting off with verti which was I, I love my role um working as a trauma an orthopedic surgeon um but there was just something in the back of my mind where i was like you know could this be even more exciting could i you know test and challenge myself to to do something completely different and, and scale and grow a business and, and that's really the bit that was driving me forward and got me excited uh you know combined with that sort of big mission that, that we've got which is very similar to your own about revolutionizing how people kind of learn train and perform across any sector um what what, what you know in in terms of uh your your um your focus at the moment for anyone, you know, listening, who might be in a, a corporate uh, or might be an employee uh, uh, in any sector, really, w- what is it that you're sort of um, working on at the moment? Right. Yeah. Um, thank you. And I, like, I love your story as well. And it's, it's, it's hugely powerful for people to see people doing fantastic things. So like, thank you for making that decision. Cause for me, it gives me that, that knowledge that there is, if, if you get the opportunity, right, there's some fantastic, uh, challenges to to grow out there so but yeah we're essentially we're putting putting together we've just launched our first beta version um an, an app-based platform that allows corporates to have a, a health and gro- a health development and growth partner essentially we want to look after remove friction for mental and physical health issues we want to promote behavior change and habit formation and we want to provide a platform that helps your employees develop and that's through in-person and e-learning opportunities so we've just finished building out the health and well-being platform which is based around behavior change and habit formation um then we'll we've just started the development of our e-learning development portal and that will be everything from around learning about management interview techniques say basics on on your word suite like say whatever it may be um, and then looking at adding in the future, the opportunity for people to have live one-on-one coaching as well. Um, so yeah, the, the, the future's bright. It's, it's expansive um, and we've got to move quick because we know the space has moved quickly. So to do that, we're going to leverage partners uh, um, to make sure that we can get some, get some market share quickly. That's the idea. No, that's awesome. And you know, for anyone listening, particularly from people who are, either in the learning and development sector of their organization or they are, you know, head of people or something like that. What, what, what is, you know, why are people so important and, and why can technology be leveraged to, to get the best out of your people? Well, yeah. Amazing. You set me up here. Yeah. 
<laughs> Why are people important? Because anybody who who cares about their people has got a fantastic opportunity to be an employer of choice. Anybody who understands that, and it's the old the old favorite, isn't it? Or what happens? What happens if we teach them and they leave? It's like what happens if we don't and they stay? You want to have that opportunity for your staff to get the best out of themselves, and that's a massive draw for them not to go somewhere else. We we know now that experience is uh, is trumping money in some. Uh, established workplaces that people want to go somewhere where they can have a, a great time and a brilliant opportunity to be their best selves as opposed to go and grind out a nine to five, uh, have no additional resource and go home at the end of the day feeling unfulfilled. Those days are that say they're moving past us and some businesses are going to get left behind and some are going to move forward and help grow amazing ecosystems and environments for their people to live and learn in. Then Outside of that, the, the I forgot the second part of, your, part of your question. Sorry, Alec. It's just how you know how can um, the the technology sort of be utilised? Oh, yeah. Sorry, thank you. Yeah, yes, thank you. Yeah, and the, the technology is an interesting one because I think technology is amazing for reach, and technology is incredible for being being able to support people when you can't do the one on one or you can't be there for somebody, and having that resource to access and remove friction to help a but B, it's then about using it appropriately so that you can connect people. So you can use it for connection. You can use it for the opportunity to do special things together. You can use it to make sure your people have got access to the best resources possible. Um, so, and I say, I know you, you'll agree with this. Technology can be a double-edged sword. If, if it's not used appropriately, it can be harmful. And I genuinely believe that. And it's about providing the opportunity for people to be able to be their best selves through connecting them and say making those memorable things. Imagine, imagine how cool it would be if you know that your workplace, you're going to, it's going to be celebrated when you do something really difficult together, when you complete a great deal, as opposed to that just been, yeah, you just signed another check for us and uh, helping to build that team environment, I think is hugely powerful. And that's where we want to start to differentiate our offering and get out there to really help build cultures um and like i'm under no illusions that they're the businesses of the future yeah and it, absolutely incredible and, and it's, it's very interesting because if i ever speak to people in learning development or the, the people sector of of um you know any institution i'll always say you know why why don't you treat your employees like high performance athletes um i am obsessed with data i'm obsessed with you know, tracking everything I do. I've got my Fitbit on uh, for anyone <laughs> listening. Um, and, you know, I, I don't have a team of, uh, you know, sort of 16 physios and nutritionists, but there's a lot <laughs> that technology can do there to scale it for you, um, you know, as a consumer. But also if you're a business, you can provide some of those as corporate perks to your, your you know, all of your employees. And, you know, w- one of my favorite pieces of, of statistics really is, is that, um, for, for the highest performing employees, once you get above a sort of a certain salary threshold, which 70, 75 grand, isn't a, it? exactly right. That, that, you know, the, the real bit there is, is people seeing that effort being utilized within an organization to move it forward and it being recognized and, and then being sort of rewarded for that. And, you know, one of the amazing ways to do that is providing people with the best training or the best support or, just the best way to better themselves, whether that's through data, whether it's through education, whether it's through mental health support and things like that. And, and so I guess, you know, let, let me flip that around to you from your experiences of, you know, working in a very, very high performing, fast moving sports team. How, how can that be transferred and that culture be transferred into the corporate setting? Definitely. Um, and some of it is almost counterintuitive. Some of it is making sure that you get your people together, making sure that you have a philosophy to base base your ethos around. You've got principles that you abide by that people can aim for. Like it's, you know, all the best businesses have, um, they they stand for more than just the product. It's about having that drive to create something that will help change the world or the environment or the sector that you're in and making sure that there's a real purpose to your business. And that is without doubt the biggest start point. Um, I think you'll say, I think you, you probably stand out on your own in terms of 
your guys' environment. So Verti is hugely dynamic space, right? So in terms of the uh, the AI area, and that's brilliant because it gives people such a tangible asset to be able to go and understand what they're trying to achieve. But you are changing the way that people learn. You are, and that's huge. So people will want to come and work for you because of that. Um, so that that's a start point, making people understand that and then being able to resource it appropriately. So not making sure it's not just uh, people paying lip service to it. So th- those are those are the big things. Like your your actions and environment and philosophy. Those three things for me would be huge. No, that's awesome. And and you know, ha- having you know started started your journey and uh, congratulations on on getting your funding and and starting to build things out, which which is always really really exciting, but also slightly terrifying as you're sort of you know fix, <laughs> fixing the wings on the plane as you're starting to fly, which is the same for any early stage company. What, you, you know, what, what, got wings, have you? <laughs> exactly, just one engine, they say. Um, the uh, yeah, in in that kind of you know that that personal journey of, of you going from your sports background into now running a business. What what have been some of the big learning points for you? or things you know you've had to learn that that um you know you've had to sort of jump into um one thing i've learned is of and you know this but you'll never know it all find people who do know um resource appropriately i found that people really want to help which is fantastic generally the majority of people are amazing and want to see you do well so they'll do anything they can but make sure that you use your time wisely, especially in the early days when it can be quite lonely. Um, I've been incredibly fortunate that I've got say, some of my initial round of funders, uh, investors have been so helpful and really want to see us grow and develop. And that's been huge. And the most important one is back to the people. People matter, right? So make sure you're involved with good people and like I've been fortunate enough that I've had like a CTO jump along for the ride and uh, a psychologist and both of them, they've got full-time jobs, but they're, they're helping me out initially on the, on the back of some EMI promises for when we grow, but they're doing incredible work, amazing stuff. And that's hugely powerful without that. So use your resources, but get good people. Like you, you can't go past that. And that's everything from the people who have built our product to the people who are helping design to the people who who are in the know in the areas that I don't know. No, that's awesome. And, you know, again, for, for you personally, like, like we sort of touched on, um, you know, your sort of product moments in terms of what you did during the, the Chiefs and your, you know, your previous kind of sporting career. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the highlights of, um, you know, what you've been working on at the moment in terms of, you know, either building the platform or creating the content or getting in front of, uh, you know, some feedback on, on how this, you know, might be helping people uh, in the real world. Yeah, definitely. Um, th- the biggest one's having a product that works. And I actually quite like when you're involved in something a lot, you can sometimes like, you, because you're, you're always dismissing trying to improve, aren't you? You're always, um, it's the old high jumper. You're always looking at the centimeter you haven't scaled as opposed to the, the one meter 80 that you have jumped. And just every now and then it's quite nice to look back and think, oh no, if we can continue at this rate, I genuinely believe we can uh, develop something that's substantial. Um, and then the other thing is, look, say the horizon scanning probably and what's, what the potential is, is, is massive. And I think that the technology space is going to very quickly understand that there's, there's some, obviously there's some SaaS products which are just digital and will be fine. But in terms of things that integrate people you have to have stuff in person as well. And I'm really excited about creating opportunities for people to do great things for themselves, but also to create some memories and do some things that are outside their comfort zone. No, that's absolutely amazing. And, you, you know, for, for anyone who's listening, who might be, you know, maybe they're, they're in an organization and they're an entrepreneur or they're just kind of starting off on their journey or they are looking into just to sort of, you know, self-improve or in, improve anything about their own performance. What, what sort of advice can, can you give people who are sort of just starting off on that? What sort of resources might be available or, or where should they sort of start attacking that journey of almost like sort of self-improvement and challenging themselves, you reckon? Oh, like I, I love this stuff. So a big thing for me, and I, I don't mind how people consume it, but start consuming content, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books, whether it's audio books, whether it's um, the appropriate uh, social network pl- platforms, 
make sure that what you're feeding your mind is healthy and going to help you grow. So we know from, say, neuroplasticity, from the science of how the brain works, that uh, neurons that fire together wire together. So the information that you feed yourself has an impact and a huge bearing on how your brain uh, grows and changes. And the thing that I always am astounded by is people, people happily go to the gym. Yeah, I'll go work out. It'll make me look different. But they're not necessarily as uh, clearly educated around the benefits of appropriate exercise for the mind, if you like. And it's fine when you go to school and you're learning. And there's obviously different views on the, the curriculum, but we'll leave that for now. But just say your brain's been stimulated, and that's so important. So make sure that you are finding ways to grow. Make sure you're finding ways to challenge your thought processes. Make sure you're finding ways to be wrong. Make sure you're spending time with people who are having a positive impact on you. Don't feel, and I'm, I'm not telling you to go and bin all your mates, but what I am saying is that if you want to find mentors and or appropriate resources, make sure that they're adding to you. People don't yet understand how impactful this is, um, but I've, I've been there, I've done it, and I've seen it with professionals and with corporates and with uh, people I keep company with, it is absolutely everything. Who you who you spend time with, what you spend time on is what you become. Um, and small things can make a massive difference. So, yeah, if, if and if anybody would like to get in touch with me about any of this stuff, I'll always happily say throw a load of resources their way. Everything from fantastic people to follow socially all the way through to incredible books with amazing lessons and fantastic insights. And, yeah, I've... Um, I could go on about it all day. I, I genuinely do believe that's the, the, the way forward, especially as we get, get a little bit older, right? I think it's so important to keep learning. What well, is so important to keep learning? I, I, you know, if, whenever I get asked this question, that's why I like asking it to other people as well to get their opinions on it to, to optimize their <laughs> aim. But whenever I get asked it, I, I always think, I always get very excited about people just at the beginning of their journey because there, there are so many resources now and, and it's really about immersing yourself in all of these and, and finding and feeling your way around, you know, what, you uh connect with the most and, and what you get the most yeah. benefit from and, and just really trying things uh from some of these uh either books or podcasts or, or or whatever it is you're doing and putting that into practice as as the best way to learn really um i mean what one one sort of thing just as we sort of start to to wrap things up i'd love to get your opinion on um now that you are an, an executive in a company and and i you know increasingly have have very little time and uh you know i'm always trying to look after my fitness I, I try and sleep more than i do at the moment because i get so excited i never go to sleep and i wake up far too early uh, or, or then i'm on a plane but you know looking at how you you are sort of performance coaching sports professionals for people in any industry who, who are just very very busy if they can only sort of do a couple of things what, what do you think are like some of the things that impact people's either mindsets or health or just their drive or their energy levels on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, people listening to this podcast could put into to action like tomorrow if they wanted to. Sleep, number one, without any, and it has a huge impact on our, not only our mental health, but also our recovery. So when we sleep, and you'll know this, so you, your brain separates and washes out all of the um, sort of toxins and breakdowns from the day. And then say, uh, say when we wake up, we reset again, we've got a fresh mind and that's why it's easier to think with more clarity why our um, our neural connections happen mostly over the course of the night and all so that's that's a massive one sleep finding finding a way and i'm i'm terrible for this so i'm i'm learning as we go but say just disconnecting from from these for a period i'm i'm I say hugely fortunate i've got three happy healthy children so when i come home put the phone in the drawer and i've at least got an hour or so some nights or, or in the mornings when we start the day that I, I get to spend some time with them. So that is a connection of some sort. And the connection can be with, it can be with uh, the outside world. It can be with loved ones. It can be with plants. If you like gardening, it can be with an animal. It can be with anything, but some sort of connection that's non-technical, I think is hugely important. Um, and that can be pr through practice of mindfulness or meditation. It can be through just some basic breathing um and then lastly like the the, th the obvious one is just making sure you're feeding your body appropriately 
And by that, I don't mean chicken breasts and broccoli. I mean, making sure that A, it's not too much because that then has a, a cycle on a whole host of things which leads to negative outputs, but also just trying to move the needle a little bit on where you are to where you want to be. Find a way or an opportunity to be able to start upgrading the fuel you're putting into that incredible, amazing uh, physical thing that you've got that you've been so fortunate. I mean, it's like a, a one in a trillion chance you're even here. So if the chances are that remote that we're even on the planet, why not make the most of it? Why not go out there and find an opportunity to be a little bit better? Go and see what you can do. I guarantee you that you will be unbelievably uh, impressed with what you can do, right? Like, uh, I, I, I genuinely mean that to anybody who's listening who feels they've got a little bit more to give, go and tr- go and try and find a way. Go and step outside. Push yourself outside your comfort zone. We're like like pessimism's box office in the UK, right? Everybody wants to talk about how bad things are. Like it's it's what sells. It used to be sex sells in the UK. It's pessimism. But say, don't listen to those messages. Go frame yourself with positivity. Look at how you can. Say, talk up. Start talking about things around. Um, instead of I have to go to I have to go for a walk. Or I have to do so. Start thinking about I get to because we are we are privileged, blessed, and given some unbelievable opportunities. So go out there and make the most of it. Today's gone tomorrow, and you won't ever get it back. So step outside, challenge yourself a little bit, and you will get an unbelievable biological feedback from that. And you know that, and I know that, because we've been fortunate to be exposed to that stuff. But the bodies are set up to grow and be educated and be better. So go make the most of it. Sorry, a bit of a rant. No, that, that, was, that was fantastic. And I, I think, you know, just to kind of echo what you were saying there, I think. Um, some of the things that that I just you know over the course of a number of years just get into have got into habit of doing is is practicing kind of like gratefulness, um, making sure that that I, I sort of check in with myself because whenever you're doing something and you're challenging yourself, especially in a, a fast moving kind of tech company, you're always going from one goal to the next. And I think you've got to make sure you you know you have your flowers while you're there to receive them, right? You know, if 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 Love you it. sort of wait and right until the end and you put off all sort of gratification and, and are a little bit too stoic and spartan you're not going to enjoy the journey as much as you do and i think going back to one of the really great points you mentioned earlier um those relationships whether it's in work um and uh, you know charlie munger warren buffett have a, a you know great saying that i'm a massive fan of which is you spend you know 80 percent of your time in work with the people you work with so if you love getting into work you love the people you work with you're going to have a very satisfied fulfilled life um, just to kind of echo back on what you said earlier, James. And I think that also then mirrors what you also touched on just now, which is having that sort of intentional social or intentional lazy time almost where you're, yeah, you are switching off. You're not, even if you, you know, even if you locked your phone away, you're not thinking about, you know, your business or you're not thinking about the work you've got to do. If you're, you know, working for a, a Fortune 500 company, you're actually spending time with your, you know, your friends, your family and and, and really allowing yourself just to, to, to enjoy those moments. I think that's so, so important for both mental health, but also your energy when you then do go back into work and, and attack the day. Definitely. And, and they're all related, right? I mean, gratitude is, again, I hark back to it, but there's a reason it's scientifically proven. It's because it's, nature, it's, it's nature's Instagram. It's real life Instagram. And that's what we want to be. We want to be, uh, so what did I read the other day that I really like? Make today desirable. Because too often we're we're worried about different say what's going to happen in the future when we can't even contemplate that without understanding and being grounded in the day and the opportunities to be grounded in the day and release the make the body feel satisfied release that dopamine feel brilliant all of a sudden the things like breathing like walking like for me being able to get say hug my children see my wife the rest of it pales into insignificance like. Um, Tyson Fury said, these will be gone, this will be gone, these will be gone when I die, but my experiences won't, they'll live with me forever. So you have to appreciate them because it's too, like you said, it's too late. Otherwise you get to the end of it. You're like, great, I sold, I sold Verti or, or Verti's now, um, let's say, been floated. What have I got? You've missed the experiences. You've missed those amazing challenges of doing something really hard and feeling uh, uh, getting a great group of people together to do it those things are the things that are the, the richness of life like uh, another great one the other day was um 
if you want to be interesting, I know all the interesting people you know aren't, aren't the ones on social media. They're the ones out there doing. So go and make yourself interesting. If you want to be interesting, go read a book, go do something difficult, go challenge yourself, go learn about something you haven't done before. And then all of a sudden you'll start understanding why. Just awesome, awesome advice. And, you know, James, you've done so many cool things and I'm sure um, what you're working on at the moment is going to be just yet another, you know, great success and, and victory for you. But I, I'm always really interested to understand who people's heroes are who sort of keep them motivated, oh. keep keep them inspired uh, through both the ups and the downs of, of their respective journeys. So for, for you, who, who's been sort of a, a big hero for you throughout, you know, your whole career in life? Uh, I've, I say, I've got two... Um, and these aren't going to be very fashionable, I'm afraid. So I'll, I'll, tr- I'll try and use a, uh, a more common one come the end. But so initially, I think that the, the last 19 months whereby um, we've added twins to uh, a young daughter, we had three children under two, uh, and I watched my wife go through the most unbelievable, unbelievably challenging time, but yet still managed to support our whole, our whole family. That for me has been not only a huge driver, uh, but it also gave me just the, the biggest amount of respect for her. And obviously I, I love her dearly and, and my kids have been a revolutionary addition to our family. Um, so my wife most certainly, but also I just like to lay on top of that mums. Wow. Like different, absolutely different level of respect since I've uh, been fortunate to have children that, what you go through and what you give because it's absolutely all consuming. Um, so yeah, my, my wife, I've, she's been hugely, hugely influential in making me a better person. Um, and then my prior to that, my younger years, my mum. So my mum brought us up on her own from about the age, I think I was about six. Um, she moved us from South Africa to the UK, uh, looked after us on her own, found like found a way. It wasn't easy. Uh, and by, by no means were we ever unhappy or anything like that, but it was just so difficult to make ends meet sometimes. And the what she sacrificed for us was, again, something I'll forever be for grateful for. And I'm hoping one day I'll be able to repay that. But no, th- those two people would be the ones who've, I think, given me the the values uh, and estab- will help establish the characteristics that I'd like to take forward with our business and making sure that, I can give the opportunities that maybe or the opportunities to, to resources that I didn't have to some people who could really use them. Uh, in terms of famouses, don't really know. I quite enjoy some people, but I've, I, 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 I struggle to have an emotional tie to them. I think there's some really cool people around there, like Stephen Bartlett's doing some amazing stuff. I think uh, he, so he's putting great, great messages out and he's pushing the envelope around so many different things and, uh, people like him are going to be important. He's, I, I genuinely believe he'll probably change the world a little bit in a significant manner just because of the, the, the direction he's moving um, on so many fronts in, in terms of diversity, in terms of um, normalized thinking for young people, in terms of access to information. So, um, that, And I, I love The Rock just because he's so cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> I just love his positive energy. <laughs> awesome, all, all great examples all absolutely fantastic examples and uh and can i can i ask who yours are good, very good question so um i've got just on my desk for for anyone who's not uh watching this because we're recording as well but anyone who's on the podcast i always have um the lombardi rules so i'm, I'm a big fan of vince oh, lombardi and just coaches oh, in general yeah. um and yeah. and again i think you know anyone who really is focused kind of, kind of around getting the best out of individuals and and putting them into teams. And, and I think a little bit like you, I've had so many uh, just, uh, you know, great mentors or, or people who, who I sort of learned from, uh, you know, different stages of my life. So, so again, like my, my folks and um, my mum, who's a now retired headmistress, that's probably why I'm obsessed with learning and, and development so yeah. much. Um, and then I've, you know, had the great opportunity of working with some amazing surgeons um, when I was training in orthopedics wow. and, and have some great sort of mentors in, in, the business world and, and equally people like the rock <laughs> massive fan of as well because yeah. who isn't um but no, it's, you can't not be uh, exactly exactly right well uh, james it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you um if, if people do want to get in touch with you uh, find out more about um your business and everything you're working on at the moment where can they go to to access that information uh yeah well thank you so the best place is probably email we're actually in the process of rebranding but my email still works so 
not a problem. It's just James Parks, so P A R K E S, at Avexia, E V E X I A dash wellness.com. Um, but yeah, let's say that's the easiest way to get hold of me. And I'm always happy to they chat to people, hear from people, offer my meager thoughts on, on the world. So yeah, uh, and, and for me, just I genuinely, um, I've absolutely loved it. I love talking about people in development with anybody and you're super interesting. I loved what you've done. Thank you so much for having me. I feel I feel a little bit out of place, but hugely enjoyable experience. Thank you. Absolutely pleasure. It's been fantastic speaking with you and, um, you know, really great, great luck in everything you'll be seeing in the future. And um, yeah, look forward to, to catching up very soon. Thanks so much, James. Legend. Thanks, Alex.